If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more streaming platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. No, at least they've won a game recently, more recently in the league than uh, Liverpool have. Just and sack the man now. Uh, not, they can't. It's too expensive. Uh, that's why they haven't sacked him. It's, it's the inevitable too- then. Hello and welcome back to the Off the Crossbar podcast with myself, Regan Walsh, and as always, my co-presenter, Bradley Morris. How are you on this Monday afternoon, Brad? That'd be better. Yeah, I mean, things are starting to look up for us people here in the United Kingdom, unless you're a Liverpool fan. Well, technically, aren't they still, technically they are looking up. They're looking up how far away they are from the top. Well, yes, but... Um, it seems like political news just respite. Uh, second, that we are coming out of this sort of lockdown in the next few weeks, so that's good news for us. But uh, speaking of the Liverpool looking up, it was again another defeat for Jurgen Klopp's side, this time at the hands of Merseyside rivals Everton in a game that finished 2-0 to the Toffees, which handed them their first win at uh, Anfield since the 1990s, I think it was, did they say? I believe it was 99. Yes, uh, 9-9-9. And the goals were scored by Richarlison and Gilfie Sigurdsson. Penalty, seven minutes from time. That wrapped up the win for Carlo Ancelotti's side to move them level on points with Liverpool having played a game less. Um, so we'll get on to the penalty incident in a few minutes. But Richarlison was... Uh, a beautiful pass from Hammers. You've got to say, Kabak's defending for it was really bad. Yeah. Only signs are that he's going to take a while to get used to the league, potentially. Yeah. I mean, it's a good thing he's on loan. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think he, he just. I don't even think that should be really something that takes long to get used to. That's just basic defending, I think. You'd be surprised, but obviously Team Averna said this as well. It was there's a bit of a difference in the pace and the physicality of the Premier League to the Bundesliga. Yeah, I 100% agree. There is a massive difference, and you can see it if you watch both leagues on a regular basis at the weekend. But for me, I think he could have done better. And then uh, the way Richarlison sat down both. Uh, no, that wrong game, sorry. I was thinking of a different game. Um, he slots it past Allison uh, quite comfortably, and then 20 minutes later or so, Jordan Henderson has to go off with an injury. He seemed to have pulled his groin. So, there was some um, so Nathaniel Phillips came on. He, 
Henderson did try to give it a go again, but lasted about 10 to 20 seconds. And then had to go off. Plays for Liverpool this season. That's just not going to happen. Yes. Uh, so Nathaniel Phillips came on to make it, I believe, their 18th different centre-back partnership that Liverpool have had this season. They've had more different centre-back periods than Villa have had players pie for them, I think, this season. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, that's only one less than West Brom have scored this season, if we want to put it into that context. Um, but yeah, then seven minutes from time, Everton were awarded a penalty after... Who was brought down now? I can't I can remember. It was Calvert-Lewin. Yes, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, after a lovely uh, three ball towards him and uh, from Richarlison. And then Trent Alexander-Arnold comes across Calvert-Lewin and takes him out and then a penalty is awarded. Though Chris Kavanagh does go to the VAR to check it, but it was uh, 100% a penalty and the right decision was made there, which Sigurdsson stepped up and slotted it bottom corner past Allison. So, uh, easy penalty there. What were your thoughts on that penalty? I'd say, now that I've slept on it, mm. Yes, it's understandable that it's a penalty, but it's completely unintentional. Yeah, but like I said to you the other day, the the ruling of intent in football has now been taken out. Whether he meant to do it or not, it, the fact that he did do it means it is a penalty. So uh, that's where it's changed how... Uh, the ruling has gone because before obviously you would say he didn't actually intend to do it he's just as he's slipped over he's stuck his leg up and he's hit into uh, Calvert-Lewin so but that's why was, it wasn't even his leg was it he, he, look, Calvert-Lewin's obviously gone for the ball and his momentum was just he's ran into Alexander-Arnold who's obviously got up from the tackle and he's ended up falling over yeah well um, on that first looks I thought he was given because um, what Alisson took out he uh, Calvert-Lewin's legs rather than the incident moon uh, with uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold but either way penalty was given though I did see something Gasworth saying that uh, because of that and you remember the David Luiz incident against Wolves a few weeks ago how David Luiz saw red for the minimal contact apparently uh, Trent also should have seen uh, red for that so I'm uh, surprised that they're them at Stockley Park didn't recommend uh, the referee send him off because I don't think he actually got booked for the incident at all. No, he didn't. If you'd seen how long the referee actually spent looking at the decision on the monitor, mm. then you would realise why barely anything was done. Yeah, he, he wasn't even booked for it, so it's quite strange, to be fair, how Chris Kavanagh didn't book him or even send him off for that incident. Uh, elsewhere this weekend, we had the big game. Oh, yeah, are we really get a scout of uh, the massive crisis happening with Liverpool as a whole? I mean, I feel like we've talked about it quite a lot now. I mean, that's even, I mean, seen this one felt like even more of a seismic moment. Yeah, I mean, that's now it's four league defeats in a row, if I remember correctly. I yeah, so. yeah, four four league defeats in a row in the place where they've only scored twice in these four games. They've scored once at home in 2021 in the league. I mean, there is a massive crisis going on at Anfield and Liverpool in general. They've gone from thinking, okay, we probably aren't 
going to retain the title this season. Mm. To now having the main question be, are they even going to finish in the top four? And with how the other teams, there's two teams above them and Everton below them are performing. I've got to say, I don't think they will get top four at this rate. It's looking bleak, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they really are going to be hoping that Man City win the Carabao Cup so they can get into the Inter or the Europa Conference League, which uh, starts next summer. I don't think the teams are actually qualified for that from this season. No, it is this season. Oh, I had a look. That? Yeah, I looked. Um, Villa in Europe, boys. <laughs> I looked over the weekend, and how it works is obviously the top four still go to the Champions League, fifth place goes to the Europa League, and it's the Carabao Cup winners that get the um, place in the Europa Conference League. But should that then be won by Man City, for instance, this season, it will then go to sixth place. See, I thought that was going to be from next season. Yeah, so uh, the top surely, UEFA... Surely 7th will still become available. No, it's the top... Even if all the FA Cup winners didn't. Yeah, it's the top... So in the top four or five UEFA coefficients, which is England, Germany, Italy, Spain, uh, and I think maybe Portugal, they only have one team in this Europa Conference League. It's basically the lesser nations have more teams, so I think three... And the higher up, higher up you are in the UEFA coefficient, the less teams you get into it. Um, apart from Liechtenstein, who only have one team in it because they don't have a professional league. All right, I'll, I'll look more into it for me myself, but I, I've been saying we need more teams from Liechtenstein in European competitions. <laughs> I mean... We need that's, more Litex Lovekies. I mean, that's a whole different uh, conversation talking about uh, Liechtenstein football. But we there need wasn't more a... Astanas in European <laughs> That's Kazakhstan, not Liechtenstein. I know. I knew what I was saying. Okay. Uh, the other big game that took place over the weekend was on Sunday. You you clearly want to really skip along Liverpool, but I have another point on this because <laughs> you've got enough. Okay, I'll let you finish on. I thought we had issue. I feel like we've not covered it. There's different details every week coming out from this. Yeah, but we spoke about them in depth enough shortly. Some of them are blaming Tiago now. No, it's no way Tiago's fault. You can't blame one player for this massive downfall. The whole, like I said at the other week, the lack of willingness to change the system and change how they play is, I think, what's really hurt them this season because you can't be afraid to change up how you play because they just seem to want to play the same way week in, week out, where teams have found them out and it's uh, we came to the point now where you're like, we know what to expect from Liverpool and that's how teams have been able to counter them and they don't look as good because if you don't change your ideas within two minutes, everyone knows how you play and what your end goal is trying to be, so for me, like I said last week, they need to figure out a way to change it about and look at performing differently, whether that's playing a different formation or different players in a different setup is, I think, something that Klopp and his team need to have a look at because otherwise, like we said, this massive patch could continue a bad uh, run of form in the league. Now I will let you skip. 
Right. So the other big game that's taken place over this weekend was on Sunday at the Emirates Stadium between Arsenal and Manchester City. And it took only 90 seconds for City to score, thanks to Raheem Sterling Keller. Um, City dominated the game. It's only in 1 0. So boring. Uh, uh, Yeah. I was expecting a lot more from City in this game, to be honest. I mean, like when it went that one one nil so early, I thought, oh, this is going to be an onslaught from Man City. They'll score about another two or three in the first half, and we get maybe one or two more in the second half. But the fact that he just stayed one nil for the rest of the game, it, I mean, it's absolutely crazy. Yeah, the result means for Man City they go back to being ten points clear at the top, whilst Arsenal are in tenth place with thirty four points. Um. We said it the other day, safe to say, the trophy is City's now, isn't it? 18 wins in a row. Freaks of nature. <laughs> yeah. I, I genuinely think this might be the best Man City team there's been. I'd argue it's also the weakest total challenge around them. We started off by saying it was all close, but no one's touching them right now. Yeah, the only way this, like we said in the past, this gets close is if Man City themselves slip up. Yeah. Because of, if they don't slip up, then it's going to be uh, wrapped up pretty early for them. Um, then second place, Manchester United played afterwards and they won 3-1 against Newcastle. Goals from Marcus Rashford, Dan James and a penalty from Bruno Fernandes. Uh, gave Ole Gunnar Solskjaer side the three points, though Alan St. Maximan did score for Newcastle. Um, my view on the penalty, I don't think it was actually a penalty. I think Rashford's really oh, going so, to well, that. Well, that wouldn't be surprising, would it? You know, getting a penalty, they shouldn't have got. <laughs> yeah, but that so that's one, original. That one definitely, for me, wasn't a penalty. A joke? <laughs> I don't know how it was given by uh, VAR. It really... I don't even know what to say for that one. It just it really wasn't a penalty at all. But uh, it's very strange that that was uh, it's given. Why not overturned? What? Because I need to know now what Dan James is having in his coffee lately. <laughs> well, I think he said um, after the game that he's been working a lot with the coaches recently just to get back to his... Uh, previous best of like how he was before oh, was that? <laughs> when he was at uh, Swansea and not just getting too worked up about uh, situations which is good for him because I still want him to have a future at Man United I, there was a lot of people talking in the summer of how he should be one of those that uh, United get rid of and even in the January transfer window just gone I was like no he needs more time and he did have a difficult first season coming obviously with the passing of his father as well which isn't ever easy for someone to deal with. But, yeah, it's good to see him uh, finally starting to shine. And, you know, it's less substitute that they brought on. Uh, Shola Shoritiria, I think it's pronounced. Is that was, <laughs> I'm just going to go with that. Was born in 2004. He's literally just turned 17 the other week and signed his first professional contract as well. It's disgraceful. How is 2004, 17 years ago? I was eight. <laughs> oh my god I just 
I was six at the time in 2004, well, five going on six. I just feel 2004 was 17 years ago. That is way old. Yeah. <laughs> we when, boomers. <laughs> when, when someone born in 2004 is playing in the Premier League, you are now old. But uh, yeah, good win for Oligon um, Solskjaer's side. Managed to keep up the, uh, we'll say, attack on the title race. Okay. If, we, if we're calling this a roller coaster, we need to make sure Dan James is of the right height requirement. <laughs> yes. Um, there was a little scare, though, before the kickoff. Um, whether the game would go ahead because there seemed to be a tiny breakout of COVID at uh, the Old Trafford, or not at Old Trafford, at the Carrington training ground. That meant uh, some of Ole Gunnar coaching staff couldn't be on it. And Nick Dempsey and Nicky, no, Mark Dempsey and Nicky Butt were called up to the bench to help out Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Um, but obviously, as, I'm far as, as far as I'm aware, no players have been affected by it. So that is uh, good news, and we obviously wish those that have been a speedy recovery. Elsewhere on Sunday, the early kickoff took place at the London Stadium between West Ham United and Tottenham Hotspur. And it was an, an emphatic start for West Ham, who scored after five minutes thanks to Mikel Antonio. He put David Moyes' side 1-0 up and then... Just after half time, Jesse Lingard doubled the Hammers' lead. Sorry, which... I still can't get used to this. <laughs> I mean... And then um, shortly after the hour mark, Lucas Moura scored for Tottenham, but it wasn't enough. They did have chances late on in the second half, but couldn't find an equaliser. And I mean, I'm just going to say it here. I caught, what did I say in the preview show on Thursday? I called it perfectly. I mean, you said he would merely rock, and he didn't merely rock. Yeah, but he did. He brought out a dance band with the rest of the team. The one made Pablo Fornell smile. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, apart from it not being a 90th minute winner, I did call this game bang on, which I'm take full credit for. I said Lingard would score the winner. He did. I said West Ham would win 2-1. They did. I mean, the Hammers are now up to fourth place in the Premier League uh, on 45 points. What on earth is going on with them? I mean, Galton and Solomon were right, though, weren't they? Uh, I just... They said they'd get them to Europe. <laughs> yeah, but... Did we ever think that was genuinely going to happen? Of course not. And with David Moyes as the manager as well. See, David Moyes would have took Man United to the promised land. If he was given more time. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, this is really emphatic. Um, I know, I think the Athletic were reporting this morning that if West Ham do get a European place for next season, then they get 10 million in bonuses, I think it was. Wait, is that the players? Yes. Oof. Doesn't sound. Two. Yeah, stuff like that, you have to be quite funny with, don't you? Yeah. It's one of them where I think it's like written in the contract as like it's a big if you get into Europe, but obviously I don't think anyone was expecting them to do how well they are doing. But imagine West Ham in the Champions League. Jesus Christ! I mean, nice enough stadium for it, but it it would seem weird. However, we have to talk about the opposition. Obviously, Tottenham Hotspur. 
they're another team that are joining Liverpool on this bad streak. Oh, um, they're worse. No, at least they've won a game recently, more recently in the league than uh, Liverpool have. Just and sack the man now. Not, they can't. It's too expensive. That's why they haven't sacked him. It's, it's the inevitable, too... though. We know this. Uh, yeah. And I'm sure they'll start realising it. Yeah, I think they might do, but they have to wait because I think if they sack him now, it would cost them close to £40 million to sack him and pay off his compensation. Well, they'll have learned a great lesson. Yeah, don't give a man that much fucking money. But yeah, I mean... They're in ninth place at the minute, Tottenham. 36 points. I mean, admittedly, they are two, uh, two points better off than Arsenal and have played a game less than the Gunners, but... That's fine, then. I mean, that's the only thing that's keeping Tottenham fans happy at the minute, is that they're still above Arsenal. I mean... The they're next... going to win the league three months ago. Yeah. I mean, the next three fixtures aren't too bad. I mean, they've got Burnley... Uh, this weekend and then Fulham and Crystal Palace in the league uh, before the North London derby mid-March but it's really not looking good for Jose Mourinho's side at all this season is it? They're not exactly progressed No uh, They've gone backwards if anything Yeah they've gone massively behind uh, in terms of their progress from last season and even under Pochettino's final season like for final full season, obviously. Um, yeah, credit to where it's due to West Ham, really flying at the minute, and uh, really, I think probably the biggest shock of the season. Then the final game Wait, that was so played, West Ham beating Tottenham, is the biggest shock of the season. No, no, no. I mean, West Ham being in the top four is the biggest shock of the season. It's a good ten. I'd have to draw all the conclusions, but... No, I think it is. I don't think anyone would have... pre at the start of the season, no one, no one in the world would have said West Ham would be top four by the second last weekend in February. No one in, on the world would have said that. No, I guess not. The final of the game on Sunday saw a battle between East Midlands and West Midlands. Uh, Aston Villa played... Brendan Rodgers' Leicester City at Villa Park and Villa had to contend the game without Jack Grealish and Matty Cash who have both been ruled out f- with injury. Jack Grealish is out for up to a month. How long has Matty Cash ruled no, out for? Don't, don't believe that article at all. Yeah. Do not believe that month thing because comment that Smith said himself is that they're assessing him and he may possibly be back for Leeds. Which is next week. Ah. Well, um, the way this Still news pain. Yes, um, pain. <laughs> the way this news apparently came out, people knew he was injured. Uh, was injured was uh, some Aston Villa players took uh, them him out of their fantasy you know Premier started? League team. It was a, it was a Twitter account, boy. He's quite trust. I don't know. I'm trying to use the right word. Don't trust it. He put something out and then everyone like, bombarded him with abuse because he just wouldn't release the proof. Mm. So there was a lot of days everyone was saying, oh, he's lying, bullshit, watch when he's in like, the meltdown. And then 
couple of hours before kickoff it's revealed. Yeah. Well, again, the athletic we're talking about this morning that it was someone in the Villa squad. Obviously, like I was saying, uh, they have their fantasy Premier League team, and then they've seen that. Well, they obviously know Jack's not going to play this weekend. They've taken him out of the squad before um, the fixtures, and then uh, that someone's obviously cottoned onto it, and then that's how they knew. Well, yeah, I mean, I have him in my squad at the minute, so. Yeah, uh, I, I, I actually subbed out Gundogan, so Gundogan will go vain anyway. <laughs> I think I might have to add uh, Ilkay Gundogan into my one. Um, but yeah, Leicester City ran out uh, 2-1 victors thanks to goals from James Madison and Harvey Barnes in the opening 25 minutes for Brendan Rodgers' side. However, Bertrand Traore did pull one back for Villa early on in the second half. Um, I think... When I saw that go 2-0, I thought, oh, this could be a long afternoon for Aston Villa. I panicked. Horrendously. <laughs> but, but that second half was a, an improvement. Yeah, it just seemed to be a total um, different Villa team in that second half and uh, definitely a much better and stronger performance to stop Leicester from scoring again. The best the best word to define us when we're out Grealish is that Old Cass Ovid. He makes an okay team. A beast. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, but yeah, without Jack Grealish, it's going to be a. Well, if it is the month, I'm just saying if. Then it's, it's it wouldn't surprise be... me if it was the month because they did tell us that Barkley was going to be ready for a while and then he wasn't. <laughs> yeah, so. And then again, I don't think I want to see Ross Barkley start a game ever again. <laughs> I mean. He will start next week against he caught it When he got subbed, he looked, I think it took him like 10 minutes to actually reach the bench. <laughs> Jesus. There, there was a moment like the camera cuts it and he was just sat beyond, on the board beyond the goal. Well, and he took his boots off before he got there. But you clearly couldn't give a crap. <laughs> or, or, some, or just something is not right with you. Yeah, you never know. And Maybe I don't, want, you know, I don't want him starting games if he's got all of that. He might need a few weeks out of the team, like starting eleven, and then he might come back good again. You never know. But again, Ramsey came off for him, and he looked good. Mm. Even Sanson came on at the end, and again, why isn't he? Had more minutes after we signed him. I think uh, Dean Smith's plan there is to slowly mound him into the team or mould him into the team and then within the next week or two I'll probably see Sanson starting from uh, the go. Yeah. Well, it doesn't happen that he's only getting 10 minutes. Yeah. Elsewhere this weekend we have had a, a few more games to talk about. Uh, on Friday night Wolverhampton Wanderers beat Leeds United 1-0 thanks to an Ilan Melier own goal after 64 minutes. So should we go, what did you say this game would be? A goal fest. <laughs> definitely wasn't. Was um, I right again, or was I right? <laughs> yeah, I'll give you credit there that for once. I, mean, you I was said nil nil, but I was close enough. Yeah, um, not the most of entertaining games. Another most entertaining games for a Friday night slot. I'll give you that. Um, but uh, it's good to have well, not good to have Wolves again, but good result for Wolves. They do now jump over Leeds into 11th place, having played a game more than Marcelo Bielsa's side. 
again, Leeds goal difference is practically identical. Scored 40, conceded 43. They really do like having a, a level score, a goal difference. The yeah, early game, me. yes. The early game on Saturday saw Southampton play Chelsea at St Mary's. To call this one, whatever. Did you? Did you say? Did I, say, I said say it would be typical of the Premier League that Southampton actually get a result from this. Takumi mm. uh, Minamino scored the goal for Ralph Hasenhutl side where he absolutely sat down Cesar Espelicueta and Eduardo Mendy. I miss him? <laughs> I definitely do. Um, he's had a good start to life down on the south coast for Ralph Hasenhutl's side. However, uh, four minutes into the second half, Chelsea were awarded a penalty after Danny Ings brought down... I can't even remember who he brought down now. No, no idea. But of course, uh, he's everyone's favourite midfielder. He, he did bring down Mount himself, actually. And uh, Mount converted oh, yeah. the penalty. Um, yeah, not a lot of other talking points of that game, apart from the fact that at half-time, he subbed off Tammy Abraham to bring on Callum Hudson-Odoi. And 30 minutes later, Hudson-Odoi himself was substituted off, um, again, both to down to poor performances and not having an impact on the game is what oh, Thomas Tuchel said attitude. there. And, well, yeah, he didn't seem to have the will to attitude to try and make a difference in the game. Well, wasn't it just a bit with Tuchel? Because, obviously, every job he's been at, hasn't there been a thing where he's had a bit of a disagreement with certain players? Yeah, I do think there has been a case of that. Uh, oh, this is Chelsea one is no starting because if you seen I think the camera cut at one point so Hudson Odoi and Abraham on the bench they were looking at each other mm. I, think, I don't know if Abraham shook his head a little bit it was like oh yeah I thought, I, it'd be really strange to see if that happens I mean, so, uh, nice. he's playing Hudson Odoi wing back and Tammy Abraham isn't getting the service yeah bring Tammy back yeah <laughs> Well, uh, Chelsea we'll still happily have him. Yeah. <laughs> Chelsea still remain undefeated in the league under Thomas Tuchel, though, so can't really complain there. And as we said, they're in fifth place now, two points behind West Ham United. Elsewhere on Saturday, we had Fulham beat Sheffield United in the evening game, or nil thanks to Anatomola Luckman goal. Um, they really are. Especially with the result that happened in Man United Newcastle, they are putting on a proper fight to stay in the league now, aren't they? They're catching. I mean, we did say it wouldn't be uh, a surprise if out of the teams that were down in the bottom three, it would be Fulham that potentially stay up. Well, that's a show, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and the final game that took place on over this Premier League weekend that has actually happened so far because we're recording this before Brighton versus Crystal Palace was Burnley versus West Bromwich Albion. Um, yeah. Yeah. Only talking point, Shamir Jai getting sent off and correct decision from Mike Dean. Elsewhere in the world of football... Yeah, he's blue, huh? oh, <laughs> right, yeah, they're, they're, they're talking points. 
elsewhere in the world of football, <laughs> elsewhere in the world of football, over in Spain, Real Madrid beat Real Valladolid one 0 thanks to a goal from Casemiro in the second half after 65 minutes. Atletico Madrid suffered a shock defeat at the hands of Levante. Jorge de Frutos scored in stoppage time and a Mario Hermosa own goal after half an hour gave Levante the three points and Barcelona could only manage a 1-1 draw with Cadiz after Messi converted a penalty for Barcelona and Alex Fernandez scored an equaliser in a, the 89th minute. So that leaves a three-point gap now between Atletico Madrid and Real Madrid at the top of the table. However, Atletico Madrid still have a game in hand over Real Madrid and Barcelona also have a game in hand over their rivals. Over in Italy if now... If uh, I could just add something quick on. I don't know if you'd seen that they had actually set a date for the Barca present election again. Uh, it's March... Next week. Sort of, is it? 3rd of March. 3rd of March. Yeah, that's going to be I feel like uh, the next, like, next week's we'd have to do like the proper proof of the actual main front runners. Yes, and um, hopefully the results come out quick enough so we can talk about it on our preview show. Uh, over in Italy, on Friday, Fiorentina beats Spezia 3-0. And then uh, no big games happened on Saturday. And on Sunday, obviously, we had the Milan derby and it was Inter that ran out 3-0 winners thanks to uh, Lataro Martinez-Brace and Romelu Lukaku goal to give Antonio Conte side the three points. Lukaku's third goal. Beautiful. And, uh, and just as he showed, just showing Gio, which translates to God, I believe. I think he was shouting in the direction of Zlatan. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me after their little clash in the mm. Italian... So they won a piece now. Yes. Um, so Inter are, remain top of the table on 53 points, whilst AC Milan are second in with 49 points. Roma are in third on 44 after they played a 0-0 draw with Benevento, and Juventus are down in sixth place at the minute. Though jump back up into the top four with a win tonight against Crotone at 8, uh, 7:45 UK time. Over in the Bundesliga. Bayern Munich lost to Eintracht Frankfurt 2-1. Daiichi Kamada and Ami Nunes scored two first-half goals for Frankfurt, whilst Robert Lewandowski scored shortly after the break for Bayern Munich. However, not the best result for, obviously, uh, best results for them, losing 2-1. And it got even worse with Leipzig uh, winning 3-0 on Sunday against Hertha Berlin with Vilmos Orban, Nordi Mukiele and Marcel Sabitza scoring an absolute thunderbolt of a goal. That was the goal of the weekend. Yeah, I mean, that was absolutely... Brian Holmes was good for Huddersfield, but Sabitza is just floated. <laughs> yeah, absolutely beautiful. Uh, so that now means there's a two-point gap between Leipzig and Munich at the top of the table. Uh, Wolfsburg are in third, and they won 3-0 against Arminia Bielefeld on Friday. And then in the Derby of the weekend over in Germany. Borussia Dortmund beat Schalke 4-0 thanks to Erling Haaland brace, Rafa Guerrero and a Jadon Sancho goal. I mean, that Erling Haaland uh, goal. Where, Freak uh, of nature. Yeah. Absolute beautiful stuff there from Haaland over Mbappe. 
Uh, undecided. Undecided, I think, this weekend, apparently. Yeah, still two very class teams. Over in France on Friday night, Lyon beat Brest 3-0 thanks to goals from Memphis Depay, Hussem Awar and Lucas Paqueta. Marseille drew 1-1 with Nantes and then the big game saw PSG take on Monaco and it was the away side that won 2-0 thanks to a Guillermo Maripan goal and a Sofiane Diop goal to give Monaco the win there which is again a shock to the system and leaves PSG in third place four points off table toppers Lille who beat FC Lorient 4-1. Is it me or is the so-called Farmers League actually kind of interesting this year? Yeah it actually is really interesting I mean apart from Dijon who are a foot of the table everything else is quite close over in France I mean there's six points difference between Dijon and Nîmes, who are in 19th. But yeah, the rest of the league is quite close and actually interesting for once over in France. Um, over in Holland, in the Eredivisie, Utrecht beat Willem to uh, 6-0 on Friday. AZ Alkmaar beat Triple V Venlo 4-1. And PSV beat Vitesse Arnhem 3-1 thanks to two goals from Mario Götze in the space of a couple of minutes uh, late on in the second half there. And Ajax beat Sparta Rotterdam 4-2 thanks to Mohamed Kudus and Sebastian Haller scoring a brace and Persius also scoring, though they did have a goal disallowed through Dusan Tadic for offside. Right, uh, any more news? from around the water football you can think of before we head over on to did you see that I have nothing news wise um what was it oh yeah Cagliari have sacked their manager uh Eusebio Di Francesco a month after giving him a new contract which is I remember uh, when he was like, meant to be like the next big thing yes uh Bristol Rovers have appointed Jerry Barton as their new manager which and uh, near the other Bristol side of Looking to a point. Nigel Pearson, if I remember correctly. Give me that, Darby. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, Bournemouth have given Jonathan Woodgate the job until the end of the season. They did try and appoint uh, Thierry Henry from Montreal Impact, but uh, I don't think the MLS side gave them the permission. And uh, I wanted that had to happen just for the laugh. I don't think that would have happened. Just uh, Thierry Henry in the South Coast. <laughs> It really would have been strange. And Real Madrid have uh, ruled out Karim Benzema for this week's Champions League clash with Atalanta uh, due to an injury. And he's not uh, fit enough to uh, recover for the trip to Birmingham this coming Wednesday. Which, again, we said we have more Champions League games than we spoke about on the preview. Uh, in women's football, we've had the first two games of the She Believes Cup. Uh, Friday night and Sunday. The USA are top of the group after winning their games against Canada and Brazil 1-0 apiece. So that gives them uh, six points. Brazil are in second after they beat Argentina 4-1 but obviously lost 1-0 to USA. And then yesterday, Canada beat Argentina thanks to a Sarah Stratigakas or Stratigakas goal in the 92nd minute and uh, it also was announced that 
well not announced, but uh, yesterday, Sunday, marked 500 days until the start of the Women's Euros here in England in 2022. So that is a good thing to look forward to and fans can now uh, register for priority news about tickets going on sale on the UEFA website. Right, uh, it's on to Did You See That Now? Something weird is going on. Shit! Did you see that? Yes, yeah, yeah, so uh, I was worried then my audio might have revealed what I, what I have. But uh, over the years, we've been blessed with Englishmen trying to speak the native accent. Steve McLaren trying to do his Dutch accent. Uh, that, that Steve McLaren. Steve McLaren doing his Dutch accent in how you say the Champions League. We had Joey Barton trying to do a French accent whilst at Marseille. And this weekend, we raced us with Jaden Sancho now fully integrating himself into the German culture with this beauty. You know what we're capable capable of and. You know, the, the recent weeks haven't been so good and we haven't got the results we wanted, but I think we showed the fans in the last two games that um, we're still fighting and it's not over to the end. And, you know, um, yeah, we just keep working on the pitch week in, week out. And... Where is he from? He's definitely English, though that accent couldn't be less English. What part of England is he from? Is he in London? He sounded more French than... Uh, German, if you ask me. He's from Camberwell in London. I mean, Camberwell, Camembert, French. <laughs> I mean... Next to Peckham? How many you second? How have you gained a German accent when you're right live when you came from an area right next to Peckham? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it was an awful attempt uh, at a German accent. Like I said, it sounded more French than. German, so I think he should just stick to the English language for now. Oh, shite, Yes. Um, any more for you? Did you have another one? I don't know. No, I don't. Well, I have one for you. So, you had one? last night in Brazil, in the uh, top division, there was a game between Atletico Mineiro and Sporting Recife. Now, it's said to be Atletico Mineiro's manager, Jorge Sampaoli's Second last game in charge as he set to overta- uh, take over Marseille. Right? Nothing unusual there. Now, Minera did run out 3-2 winners in the game. However, there was a penalty incident quite late on for Sporting Recife. And they were awarded the penalty and scored it. However, in the process of the penalty, Sampaoli was annoyed with the decision... He then came onto the pitch to have a go at the referee about it. The referee then sends him off, so that means he will miss his last game in charge for them. And if I do remember correctly, he was trying to be escorted down the tunnel and then started fighting with uh, security and the people trying to send him down the tunnel. So explain. Well, I would love him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
it's an absolutely incredible sense. Uh, we'll uh, retweet the two videos onto the Off the Crossbar uh, Twitter page uh, so you can see the two incidents. But yeah, they are absolutely incredible scenes uh, from what happened in Brazil last night. Um, do you think, how do you think that's gone in his, his interview with Marseille? <laughs> I mean, Just, uh, I like your fight. <laughs> Exactly, it's absolutely uh, crazy. Passion, he's showing aggression. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely crazy. Um, right, I believe that is everything from around the world of football. Uh, we'll be back later on this week to wrap up the Champions League games and preview the forthcoming weekend uh, fixtures where we have a big one, which is Manchester United versus Chelsea to look forward to. And... Uh, any other fixtures across the Premier League? Before we do leave, though, before I forget, we obviously had the Predictions League, which I very nearly forgot about this week. Uh, so the games were Liverpool, Everton, West Ham, Spurs, Brighton, Palace, which hasn't happened, but we'll talk about that on our review show if we any of us get any points. Uh, preview show, should I say? PSG, Monaco, Dortmund versus Schalke, and the Milan derby. So. Liverpool Everton, we were both wrong, but Brad gets a point for predicting 2 0 to Everton, 2 uh, 0 result. And we said if you get the score right, you get a point with the wrong team. West Ham Spurs, I get three points there for getting a perfect score. Brad gets nothing. PSG versus Monaco, we were both right. I get two points for predicting Dortmund to win against Schalke. Brad gets three for a perfect score. And then. Wait, is all the absolute genius I am. And then Brad gets uh, two, points, two points for predicting that Inter Milan would beat AC Milan. So that puts Brad onto 71 points and I'm on 97. So I'm getting ever so closer now to the 100 was, point do you, remember, do you remember what it was we said? That I should get bonus points for. It was the Lukaku Bryce, wasn't it? Did you say that? I swear I did. Look, we researched this back. I said, you said I wouldn't get the bonus points, but I said Lukaku gets a brace. I deserve bonus points for predicting that. Yeah, I do remember you saying something similar. I can't remember. He did score a brace, didn't he? Was it him? I thought it was Lautaro Martinez that scored the brace. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was Martinez that scored the brace. So oh, damn it. <laughs> doesn't matter. Um, yeah. So we've both had, or well, you've had, obviously, a really good week. Close the gap a bit, but obviously plenty to look forward to. And with the results today uh, in the Palace game, I could obviously get a lot closer to you. Uh, and that is all we have time for this week. Obviously, we'll be back later on this week to preview, as we were just mentioning, uh, the Premier League fixtures and a look back at the Champions League uh, from midweek. And until then, it's goodbye from me and goodbye from my co-presenter, Brad. See ya. And we'll see you soon.